This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 189, recorded on October 16th, 2014. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all your favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy TV studios here in a very sunny and very beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. We just had great weather over the last couple weeks. Winter's on its way, though. Snow will be here before we know it. And, of course, we post the show with world-class show notes each week out at TheAverageGuy.tv. If you have questions, comments, or contributions, you can contact the show. Send me an email, jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. You can find me on Twitter, and many of you are on the at Collison account out there. Now you can call in those questions and actually we'll play a question from Kyle at the end of the program. So hang tight for that, Kyle. Thanks for calling in on that. You can call those in 402-478-8450. And you can do that for free on Skype if you're international. So I've had a lot of folks say, I can't call in. It's a U.S. number. If you do it on Skype, you can call it in. And uh, 402-478-8450. And we'll play that right here on the show. And now Home Gadget Geeks is a part of the Geeks Network. Find links to this show and many other great podcasts out at thegeeksnetwork.com. You can join us in chat, watch or listen live on YouTube and on Spreaker, and find all the navigation that you'll need, including brand new subscription links. So if you haven't subscribed yet, theaverageguy.tv slash subscribe will get you there as well. All right, we have a good show for you tonight. We've been working on this one for the last four or five weeks and uh, pretty excited about it. Before we get to our guest, let me introduce... He's, you know, he kind of dropped off the show, but we've had him on more than less recently, but it's good to have him back. Christian Johnson. Christian, how are you? Hey, good to be here. I guess we went from co-host to no to know nothing, uh, guest, uh, kind of like a semi-quasi and uh, oh. you know, back in the loop. But Co-host uh, to no host, and yeah. then, then back again. <laughs> well, uh, these are the pains and burdens associated with co-hosting your own show, right? But, That's right. That's uh, right. You know, things are going well. Um, the Maryland weather has finally uh, given us probably its last day of warm weather. We're getting ready to head down into the 50s next week. Uh, we had a just wall of rain that hit the whole eastern seaboard, um, so that was pretty fun. Uh, navigating through classes, uh, you always you always know who actually looks at the weather forecast on on a college campus because the people who don't are just completely drenched, or the people who choose to bike and just not care, like myself, are completely drenched. So that's always an enjoyable um, yeah. time. But uh, ready to rock and roll and ready to talk about actually probably one of my favorite um, apps out on the web that I've been using for several years that is rocking in comparison to some of the other stuff I'm seeing. So I'm look, yeah. looking forward to talking about it. No, very cool. And so let's just get right into it. Umet, I contacted him, oh, eight weeks ago. And, and you know, we've been using Uptime Robot for a lot, a lot, I mean, at least a year for me, maybe two for Christian. And one day I was like, why don't we just invite him on the show? So I sent him a, tw- a tweet and said, hey, do you do a you know, do you do guest appearances? And he said yes to the interview. So, Umit, thanks for coming in, and welcome to Home Gadget Geeks. Thanks very much for having Uptime Robots uh, here. Really, really excited with the uh, podcast. Yeah, for sure. And tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from. Uh, pronounce your last name for me, because there's no way I just slaughter it. <laughs> so pronounce that for me. Sure. Tell us where you're from, those kinds of things. Give us the vitals. Okay, it is uh, Umut, it's Muhattisoğlu. It's actually a difficult surname even in Turkish, I can say. I am, uh, I am located in Istanbul, Turkey. 
and uh, uh, I am running Uptime Robot uh, with a close friend of mine, Daniel, uh, who is not here right now. And uh, that's that's in short. Uh, I'm a I'm a developer uh, who who is a self learner. I can say. I studied banking and finance, and programming is was just a hobby, and it all started almost 15 years ago. And uh, and events took me uh, to Uptime Robot, developing Uptime Robot. I can say. Well, we want to say thanks for getting up super early. Uh, we we did this a couple weeks ago with a, with a, a guest that we had from from Belgium, and you're, it's four in the morning for you. So I appreciate you waking up early for us. We're gonna get this interview done, and you go back to bed and get some rest. <laughs> uh, but we appreciate you doing that. Give us a little bit of the history of Uptime Robot. Um, it you know sure. it's been around a while. We've been using it for a couple years at least. But yeah. tell us what was the genesis for it? How did it get started? Those kinds of things. Okay, uh, it was actually uh, I was I was living in uh, Washington D.C. Uh, in uh, 2008. It was, and uh, I was actually developing another project and. Monitoring uh, uptime of the websites was just a part of that project, and uh, I said to myself, uh, "Well, uh, I managed to create an uptime monitoring system, and why not make this something its own?" And uh, I will then focus on the other project. And uh, when I started with Uptime Robot, actually the other project just abandoned because uh, Uptime Robot uh, grew so uh, so much and fast and. Uh, it's it actually demanded lots of workforce so and we really enjoyed uh, working on uptime robot so we focused on the project and we are developing it since five years uh, and for the last I can say for the last one year we are working on it full time uh, so this is just a small history of the project and and tell us for someone who's listening who maybe not know you know we know what it is and we've pimped it as a community so a lot of the listeners know what it is but what's your what's your two minute elevator speech that you give to somebody when they say so what are you building? Yeah, it's I mean <laughs> it's every website can uh, go down and it's it's very normal and uptime robot just just lets you know. Whether it's down or not, and when it was down, and when it's up, uh, back up. So uh, this just uh, this just the core of uptime robot. But when it comes to when it comes to some other features, I mean, uh, for example, there is response time monitoring, which which also allows you to see whether the website is working as fast as you expect, because it's also equal. Uh, to downtown, uh, I can say, if a website is working slow, uh, there's almost no difference than it's not working for many. So, uh, in short, it checks whether a website uh, is up or down and notifies you uh, about these events. Now, that sounds simple, right? I mean, but but it's a little more complex than that, right? I mean, so... That's typically, true. typically, you would have to install some software on the server side, and it would have to communicate back to the to the server that you were using. And I, I haven't installed. Uh, I'm showing. Uh, so if you're listen to the audio, you might want to head over to our YouTube page and and watch the video for this because we're going to do a lot of demo work today as we as we preview this. But uh, I am monitoring four sites, three of my own, which are over at, on Christian's server. So he actually is a host provider for me, and so Christian hosts. Three of those that 
the Chia, the Radio Higher Ed, and the AverageGuy.tv, the site this is on right now, all hosted at Christian. We, we track those. And then I track an Azure server as well. And I haven't put a lick of code, right? I mean, it's completely codeless from my standpoint, right? All I have to do is select a monitor, a site, and, a, and I can monitor it, right? How do you do that? That's, that's true. That's actually the ease of the system. I mean, uh, Uptime Robots works almost like a browser and it like it's works like any visitor that browsing a website but it just uh, sends these requests automatically and uh, so you simply define a website and uh, in the back end we have a, a monitoring engine uh, which runs on uh, multiple servers and it sends uh, requests just like a visitor and uh, sees the response returned, returned from the website and uh, detects whether the website is working or has problems or not working at all and uh, notifies the contacts that you had defined. It can be SMS, email uh, and uh, there are some other uh, contact options as well. So uh, it works pretty automated for everyone. Yeah, no, very easy to use. I mean, for the, we are the average guy TV, and like we try to make podcasts, you know, that finds easy stuff for the average guy. This is yeah. maybe one of the easiest server monitoring tools I've ever seen. Um, and and so I have the new monitor. I clicked on a new monitor just to show folks what's available. And the last time we demoed this, I did have a few questions. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll through it. I'm gonna ask you those, but. Okay. There are monitor types, right? And of course, when I select monitor types, we see HTTP and HTTPS. That makes sense. But yeah. what what is keyword ping and port? What does that get me if I want to monitor those, and and why would I want to use those? Okay, uh, I will uh, this. Uh, I will take some time. Uh, I will take some time to explain this. Uh, okay, HTTP is for monitoring websites. It it just sends the request just like any visitor for keywords. Um, it checks whether a keyword exits, a keyword that you define exits or does not exist in a, a website, actually in a web page. So um, there are many uses for that, but uh, let me give you an example of a, a testimonial that we had received from a user, actually. Uh, a user of us had thought that uh, he had managed to record his daughter to a swimming class with the help of a keyword monitor and we asked how this, did this happen. Uh, there was some limited space in the uh, swimming lesson and he was monitoring the uh, swimming lessons web page whether to see if uh, the keyword available uh, existed on that web page and uh, when there was some uh, free spots available on that class He's instantly notified and uh, managed to get her daughter to that class. So this is just a simple example, actually. But uh, for for designers, developers, or for another web guy, I mean, they can check whether, uh, for example, a specific keyword exists. Like uh, this can be a database problem, and he can search for a the keyword database problem, for example, or connection problem. And uh, if the website is giving this error, or I mean, it can be a, a 404 error, and uh, such almost any type of text can be uh, easily monitored using the keyword monitor. And, and let me ask uh, so on 
the monitoring uh, by default, it's every five minutes for for the standard version that you have, right? I can set up 50 of these monitors for free, no charge to do that, and and um, it will it will pull every five minutes. Are there quicker polling options uh, available to me if I wanted it to be every minute or every 30 seconds? Well, uh, we almost uh, we actually uh, almost plan to introduce a premium plan uh, just to do that. Uh, when we launch Uptime Robot, we never we never thought that this would be a uh, this would have a premium uh, option. Actually, uh, we wanted to do do this completely free, and uh, we wanted to uh, help the community uh, have such a nice tool and also. Uh, we would love to learn from creating such a service, uh, and we learned a lot. And uh, however, I mean, in order to in order to uh, actually uh, finance the development of the service, because we have right now uh, lots of uh, serv servers, and we dedicate lots of time to the service. Uh, we plan to introduce a premium plan that will just allow users to check uh, one minute. Uh, within one minute intervals, uh, and uh, this will have no effect in the free plan. We just uh, plan to keep the free plan as is, uh, and also keep adding features to the free plan. But we will just offer uh, some more with the premium plan. So let me ask you, um, what was it that made you think that? Um, I guess when I first when I first was really interested in having some real-time monitoring of some kind because we were switching web providers and I was starting to move stuff to my own thing and I wanted to watch my own infrastructure and one of the things that was popular in this community before I converted them to being uptime robot believers was Pingdom and Pingdom really has become mostly a completely paid-for service and it really in my opinion does a lot of the same things that the uh, uptime robot service does for free and does so in the same level of capability and functionality. Um, and I was just wondering if you could comment at all about, um, you know, w were you aware of competitors like Pingdom and what types of did that influence at all how you kind of crafted uptime robot to be in this space? It's yeah. Uh, I mean, um, yeah, uh, Pingdom, Pingdom. Pingdom is definitely a, a very solid service which has uh, some advanced features besides what Uptime Robot offers. But at, at its core, I agree with you. Um, Robot and Pingdom has very similar features for uh, for the majority of the users. And uh, while creating Uptime Robot, I mean, we never thought Pingdom is missing this feature or another. Uh, monitoring service is missing this feature and we should create it for this reason but rather we wanted to create something simple because uh, probably you experienced it uh, with many uptime monitoring services things things get complicated within time because I mean there are lots of options that users can need and providing all these options at the end makes the service uh, not useless but complicated for uh, the majority of the users, I can say. Sure. Uh, we wanted, yeah, we wanted uptime robots uh, to be simple at its core, and uh, we uh, we really uh, focus on keeping uh, the usability and actually the features as simple as it can be. And
and it's actually the, uh, the huge, uh, this is the most effort that takes for us to developing uptime robot, actually keeping it simple while trying to add features to it. So, uh, I mean, uh, it is, it is, I mean, it, it, it is true to say uptime robot is, can, is a bit, uh, is a Pinkton competitor, but on the other hand, uh, we, uh, we don't, um, uh, we, we try not to think so because, I mean, I think it has, it, it has, it, uh, they have the same user base at a level, but also, uh, many advanced users can, Choose Pingdom or some other uh, monitoring services, but we want uh, we want uh, to get the daily user, or uh, I can say, uh, for maybe any experienced user who has uh, the basic needs for monitoring uh, websites, servers, and services. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. Christian, can we address this? So Ken has a question, right? So if it's pinging my server, and let me see if I get this right. If it's pinging my server. Then, and I'm watching for, and I have Google Analytics set on my server, watching for visits. Yeah. Is it showing up as a as a user, and would I not, if it was pinging it every five minutes, would that not throw off my stats? Okay. Um, if it's a HTTP monitor, um, it's not recorded by Google Analytics because Uptime Robot sends head requests. It's just uh, like a request that's uh, actually asks for a very basic information uh, response from the server and it simply doesn't download the Google Analytics code and it's not recorded. Uh, however, if it's a keyword monitor, yes, it will be uh, tracked by Google Analytics because it needs to download all the web page to see whether the keyword exists or not. But Google Analytics has a filtering option uh, for excluding IPs or services from being recorded and uh, so this can be uh, excluded easily. For ping and ports, I mean, uh, this doesn't even go to Google Analytics so it's not recorded at all. Okay, that's a great answer. So that, I think that uh, that meets the need, I think. Uh, Christian, is that what Ken's talking about? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay, very cool. Well, Umit, you talked about ping and port and those are two we didn't cover. Let me pop that back open and so when I look at, so we talked about keyword, and there's some powerful stuff in keyword. By the way, I, I'm glad you brought up those examples because I never would have thought of using it to wait for a site to put available up, right? If you're waiting for something, or the lack of something, right? If you're, if an event was canceled, or they were, maybe it was, it had a status of not open yet, and you could track it to say when that not open disappears, right? And when it disappears, it'll alert you as well. So that's that's pretty cool. But talk about ping. Definitely. And that's what true. Is, what does ping and port do for me? Okay, uh, ping ping is actually a perfect monitor type for uh, checking whether a server is working or not. Uh, it's uh, technically it sends ICMP requests, which is also known as ping requests, and um, it simply uh, it simply tries to detect whether an IP is responding or not and uh, I mean it's 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 really perfect for monitoring servers and not websites I can tell so actually you would you would put a physical IP address in here yes yes that's true yep that's true and then uh, so that covers that and then if I wanted to do port yeah uh, we'll draw uh, we'll choose that what does that get me okay um, 
many many services actually uh, work behind the ports uh, under under an IP. Uh, for example, uh, let me give an example like this. For example, any website is working uh, behind the port 80. Uh, if it's a SSL website, this is uh, 443. Uh, and for example, if it's MySQL, it has a specific port. If it's a DNS service, it's a, uh, another specific port. So port monitors are actually uh, very good fits for checking whether a service like uh, database, DNS, web, uh, SMTP, IMAP, uh, any specific service with a specific port is uh, working or not. Because, I mean, you can check whether a service is, uh, whether a server is working or not uh, with ping monitoring, but you will never know uh, whether the service on that server is working as expected or not. So, uh, so port is uh, port is a good fit for checking the services. Okay, very cool. I think that's a great that's a great explanation. I can it also asked a question that Christian answered. He said, "How do we know what the IP address is of Uptime Robot a Keyword Checker?" And that's available at uptimerobot.com/faq. The the uh, yeah. the addresses are there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, very cool. All right, let's talk a little. Christian, anything else on that before we move on? No, I think that's pretty thorough. Sure, you bet. So um, really, at this point, I mean, that's the major setup piece, right, of Uptime Robot. You get through that, and then the rest of it is just stats, right? Is there anything, is there anything else I should be configuring or other things that I want to know about uh, other than the stats that I get back um, from the service? Actually, uh, you are right. I mean, um, the... The biggest feature is knowing whether uh, any website, server, or service is working or not. And uh, when you want to go into details, Uptime Robot shows how how fast they are uh, responding uh, to the requests. And uh, that's that's actually the main functionality of Uptime Robot. Um, and uh, I mean, you can you can check uh, your uptime ratios, uh, which is actually uh, very important uh, if in order to check whether a service that you are using is uh, working as advertised or not. Um, uh, so rather than that, uh, uptime robot has the options uh, for getting uh, has multiple options for getting notified of uh, downtime and uptime. Uh, is is it okay that uh, I summarize these uh, yeah, contact yeah. options a little bit? Absolutely, go ahead. You bet. Okay, I mean uh, the most standard one is email, uh, and uh, it's actually the most detailed one to get information about. And we are planning to expand information provided in these emails, uh, like uh, much more, uh, including much more reasons regarding the downtime, so that a user can help fix uh, the issue uh, much faster. Uh, after that, uh, we have SMS uh, uh, SMS notifications, which, which are actually uh, totally free for, uh, uh, totally free, but it works only for some providers. We are planning to add a uh, pro SMS gateway that will support all providers uh, in the short time. Uh, besides that, we are integrated into multiple uh, Android and uh, iOS applications for getting push notifications, and lately we have integrated 
uh, Slack and HipChat, we are, uh, which, which are popular programs, uh, services for uh, team communication, so uh, anyone using these services can get notified as well. So I noticed in your blog post recently that you had added HipChat and was it HipChat and Slack uh, that's been recently added? Yes, that's true. And so tell me, so right, we those are kind of team instant messaging uh, applications which are getting kind of popular again of, of having this IM. You know, we've come full circle, right? We, we yeah. started with IM and it went all this, all video, and now we're back to IM again, which is kind of crazy. But... Um, how does that how does that benefit me to monitor my is it is it strictly monitoring the uptime of those services or are there other options there as well? Uh, uh, regarding the HipChat and Slack integration, right? Yes, correct. It is. I mean, these services are uh, really very good fits for team communication. I mean, they are they are actual chat rooms that we get used to, but I mean, uh, they keep the history and. Uh, and uh, provide some other features, uh, integrate into many other services uh, that will make uh, team communication really easy. And uptime robots integration is actually uh, sending a message to the chat room that you define in these services. Uh, for example, uh, if we three are working on a web project, and uh, it is it is real handy to know that this web project is. Uh, working or not, or if, if it ever went down or not, inside the same uh, collaboration uh, platform. So HipChat and Slack users don't need to uh, leave the uh, chat room and they, they can know whether the project they are working on is up or not anytime, uh, just in the chat room. All right, and talk a little bit about um, when we talk about I, I push over and push bullet. I have never heard of those two before. So what do those do for us? Okay, uh, and uh, and there's boxcar uh, besides that. I can say yeah, perfect. Yeah, uh, these these three are uh, Android and iOS applications, and uh, and they uh, some of them also has Firefox and Chrome extensions. Uh, they are really exciting services, I can say. I mean, uh, you can uh, you can download them, and uh, they allow you to get notifications from many other services that integrate into them. Uh, so uh, right now, we don't have any native uh, applications for uptime robot. Actually, uh, users have created. Uh, various iOS and Android applications for uptime robot, but there's no official one. So, and uh, the biggest feature for using a uh, mobile application is actually getting push notifications uh, for for a monitoring system and for a faster integration. We decided to choose with uh, such services, and uh, we simply uh, use these services to get sent push notifications to uh, users. And uh, I can say that uh, any any web user, any mobile user, should should check such uh, programs because they also allow you to get notifications, uh, I mean they allow you to get uh, custom notifications from uh, not only services but any events like I mean uh, you can uh, you can you can get an email and forward it to their notification email and you will get it as a push notification just a simple example but I mean this can be expanded. Yeah, no, sure. very cool. 
Yeah, and the API looks pretty extensive too. I mean, I'm just looking at the list of unofficial API resources, and it looks like there's at least 20 or so on everything from PHP to jQuery to Drupal is all covered. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of integration points, um, and that that's it's got to actually be pretty quick to uh, put together. You know, if someone is a sysadmin and they want to script something together really quick, that lets them integrate that in some kind of other application or dashboard that they're putting out. That's a pretty nice capability to have uh, ready to go. If, yeah, you are right, definitely. I mean, we, we really get excited seeing users integrate uh, with the API and uh, creating, deleting, editing monitors via the API. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Go ahead, Christian. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I uh, I would imagine that building the API would probably be one of the, was it the, the one of the highlights of building Uptime Robot? Did you like it a lot? Was it a lot of grunt work? I mean, to me, something like this would be a lot of fun to try and uh, put together. Well, it was, it was actually uh, just the same for us because it was the first time that we created an API and, I mean, actually we were, we were thinking that it was something, I mean, creating an API should be something difficult, but I mean, actually, it's definitely not. It's just uh, getting some requests and returning responses, but right. making, yeah, making it easy to, easy to use is actually the difficult part. Uh, yeah. We try to make it as simple as possible, but we still have lots of, uh, I mean, tasks to make it much simpler, I sure. should say. But I mean, you guys have all the fundamental uh, aspects of what you would want in an API. I mean, you're you're offering the XML, the JSON capability. You have the authentication API keys there, and you have a really nice and easy to follow um, specification document for how to send and receive data. So I mean, that's really great. That's yeah, that's true. I mean, um, anyone using the API can do almost everything uh, that can be done through the dashboard, and every data can be pulled from the system. And uh, it's it's actually perfect for systems that has there are some uh, services that integrate into uptime robot and who has thousands of monitors actually using. Uh, sure. Yeah, and it's, it's it's perfect for them. Yeah, definitely. Let me ask you, let's go back a little bit um, when we talked about, and Ken's asking a question in chat around this, and it's, it's kind of interesting. We know down, right? And this was when I was in the enterprise and we were always measuring downtime and degradation. Down yeah. is simple, right? You can't get to it. How do you guys define, yeah, but the hard part, and we spent a year one time as, a, as an enterprise group defining degradated, like what does that mean? So yeah. if my website is struggling and is slow, Right. So, say Christian, uh, you know, Christian's not doing his job, and the and the sites oh. are just just slow. <laughs> Come on, I had to pick on you a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. But let's just say, for example, how do I know, or how are you guys measuring degrad a degraded site to the point okay. where it's not returning? You know, it's it's returning, but it's super slow. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, we uh, we actually measure the time uh, between the request sent and the response received and uh, this, uh, this, this actually defines the response time of, of a website and uh, but right now uh, right now we don't have the option to send uh, notifications based on response time values I mean a user right now cannot say uh, notify me if my website is responding uh, this slow I mean if, if it's responding within three seconds for example 
we will be adding this feature in the next weeks because uh, we plan to add on uh, right now we monitor every website from a United States based server I can say so uh, for example if your website is located in Europe uh, I mean we will be checking it from United States and uh, we will we will for example tell you that it, it loads in one second but if we check it from Europe we will tell that it loads in half a second so we will start checking websites from multiple locations uh, and after that we will add response time uh, response time notifications as well uh, right now we only use multiple servers for verif uh, verifying downtimes actually so and uh, uh, when it comes to your uh, actually the second part of the question um, yeah I mean uh, we detect response time like that and we also detect whether a website is responding okay or not uh, with the HTTP statuses returned, uh, which is actually 200 for a successful response, and we know we all know 404 for not found, which actually refers to a down website uh, for uptime robots, and there's 501, 503, lots of different HTTP statuses that uptime robot X on. Okay, good answer. <laughs> good answer from that side. It's um would it I would also would think would would if if you measure if you measured the, the can talk here if you measured the response time and kept track of that and then if it varied outside of of some kind of average I know that would require to keep to, you know to keep data on hand uh, so to speak. But any thoughts to kind of saying hey if this server is going outside of its normal bounds alert me. Uh. Uh, right now, okay. Uh, right now, uh, we don't have this option. Correct. Uh, yeah, yeah, we don't have this option. But uh, I mean, personally, I think that uh, any website uh, should respond within at most uh, half a second. I mean, this is this is actually a high value, I can say. But I mean, any website shouldn't pass a response time with half a second, I can say. Okay, I like the high standards there. They should all respond, or they're just down. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. I like that answer. So you said they're here in the U.S. Are you? Are they all? Is it built in an infrastructure? Is it like? Are you on on um, Amazon in the in Amazon space then, or something like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, we we actually use a software uh, which IBM uh, acquired, uh, I think, a year ago. Uh, is for our main servers uh, for hosting the main engines and for verification nodes we have some nodes in Amazon and uh, some nodes in DigitalOcean and uh, currently that's the whole setup and we try to expand to uh, other locations as possible and whenever we find uh, reliable providers and yeah that's it. Well so none of that stuff is free and yeah. we talked about some monetization, you know, going forward. How how are you guys funded right now? I mean, certainly I can't I can't buy a subscription now. So how are you being funded right now? Yeah, I mean, uh, Uptime Robot is totally self-funded uh, since the launch. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, I uh, you can ask really uh, why uh, why did you do this? And because it it had lots of costs, but. I mean, we really learned uh, so much from uptime robots. I mean, um, I was a, uh, as an as an example example. I was a I was a 
e, ASP developer when uh, uptime robot started. I now code in PHP. I mean, uh, when uptime robot grew too much, uh, I decided to learn Node.js for faster performance. And I mean, uh, besides that, it teaches us a lot regarding scaling and other stuff. So. That's awesome. I'm I'm not going to argue with you. If you're going to let me use it for free, I'm yeah, I know. I'm happy to use it. Yeah, no, it's great. I you know, that's great. It's a great story. A lot of the guys in our community, uh, you know, that's a that is giving back to the community, right? I mean, that's yeah. you're getting a learning experience out of it. You're getting some value. We get to use it at a very affordable price. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I'd pay a little bit for this service, and so, you know, if there ever becomes some monetization options, the freemium, premium type stuff, I, I think it's for what we do. I love to support that kind of stuff that actually works, and we want to make sure you keep going. So, hopefully, we'll stay in touch with you as uh, as we as you guys. Uh, no, not hopefully. We'll stay in touch with you as things move forward. Christian, as I kind of wrap this up, any any super techno stuff that you want to ask that maybe that I missed? I mean, nothing extremely technical left. Um, one thing I always like to do, I, I feel bad, I always do this to people um, on these types of interviews, but I always like to go to the uh, to Alexa.com and type in the website for the service that we're talking about and see how they're doing. And Uptime Robot is in the top um, 16,000 sites visited in the U.S. and in the last month has you know, averaged uh, around 20K um, per day worth of traffic. So I was just wondering if you guys, um, well, I'm sure you've noticed it, and and globally, mind you, also we're talking 13,000 uh, in the site index globally, which is really high. Uh, so I was just wondering if you guys had to do some work to make sure that your uh, front-end systems and servers could handle that amount of traffic, and if that traffic kind of showed up pretty quickly and you guys had to scale out fast in order to accommodate yeah, uh, I mean, uh, actually, almost uh, around two months ago, we experienced uh, lots of requests uh, from uh, uh, from uh, websites. I mean, uh, actually, with the popularity of service and uptimerobot.com being in the front page of some popular other websites, and uh, we uh, after that, uh, we uh, we we placed almost every service. I mean, website. Uh, database, the DNS used uh, in different servers for uh, making it scale uh, really easy and uh, we actually moved the websites uh, to, a, uh, uh, to a cloud server uh, where uh, it can expand uh, whenever we want. So yeah, we took some actions for that uh, and right now it performs pretty, pretty fast. Sure, yeah, no, it definitely is, yeah. All right, very good. Well, I think um, you know we're out of questions at this point. Umit, would there is there anything that maybe you can give us? Uh, you've alluded to a few things that are coming up in the future. Anything else that we didn't cover that a question we should have asked? Uh, actually, we covered uh, almost uh, all the all, all the major stuff I can say. But uh, within the next uh, weeks, we we are planning to add some. Uh, new monitor types uh, for uh, for for checking services and actually the content of websites uh, in a in a different way. Uh, let me just uh, uh, keep it keep it as is because uh, we want this to be a, a like a, a hidden feature right now. 
uh, if that's okay. Sure. And, uh, yeah, you bet. Yeah, and uh, besides that, uh, we will be uh, we are planning to add load time monitoring uh, data uh, into uptime robot, which is actually which will show you in how many uh, milliseconds a, a web page is loading uh, besides responding, which is uh, pretty important data as well. And uh, we will be adding various other alert contacts as well. And uh, I mean, uh, there are there are actually a huge to-do list I can say. But uh, these are uh, these are the things that are coming in the next weeks. And another nice option, uh, a feature coming is actually we call it maintenance window, uh, which is uh, this actually time period which you can add and tell uptime robot that do not notify me if there's any downtime between these days and times, which is actually uh, perfect if you know that your server has a, like a, uh, I mean, uh, if your server has a maintenance, scheduled maintenance time at those hours and you don't want to get notified or wake up from your bed late at night. So. Yeah, wake up like we woke you up. Um, no, no. It's <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because uh, I noticed using Uptime Robot and the three servers that Christian hosts for me every day, 105, they they recycle and, and are down for a moment and then come back up. And so, Christian, I assume there's some maintenance going on on your end. You've got something going on where you're... Every you're day responding. it does that? Well, every day, maybe once a week. What, what what kind of schedule is it on? You you don't you're not should I forward about, these to you? <laughs> talking about 105 a.m. or p.m. Yeah. No, 105 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, I mean sometimes there's stuff rebooting for updates yeah. and whatnot, yeah. um, and sometimes we f flush our gateway. But I yeah. normally don't like to do that more than two 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 times a month. So it I'll I'll start forwarding them to you. But that that being said, they're very regular, right? I know they come they come at 105 every time they come. So whatever they are, whether they're twice a week or twice a month or whatever, they come at 105. So that would be good to write that in, right, to have that exception and say, yeah. hey, look, if I get an alert between 1 and 110 on these servers, don't worry about it. It's just maintenance. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, regarding uh, the server of Christian, it can also be a, a scheduled job that's run by the hosting company, like a backup job or a network uh, regular ma network maintenance. I mean, this happens with many hosting providers, and it's pretty normal. And yeah, you can yeah, you can just uh, uh, choose not to get notified for wow. them. That's very that's very cool. No, that's great. I, we're looking forward to whatever you have coming for us. And uh, if and thank you again. Thanks again for coming on. If we had you back on, oh, let's maybe say after after the you know January February, would we, would you have some things to share that you some new stuff to share that uh, yeah. you could bring us up to speed on? Perfect, perfect. I will be very happy to share it with you again. Yeah. No, awesome. No, good to have you back on every once in a while, especially with all the with all the updates that you guys are making. Umit, thank you for taking 45 minutes out of yeah, your morning. Definitely. Go back to bed and uh, get some additional rest. And uh, it great, great having you on. A great meeting you, and we look forward to seeing you again on the program. It's same for me here, and thanks very much for inviting me. Really, uh, it was it, it it was great to be here. Well, it's great thanks, to have man. you. you yeah, bet. and and we are big fans of Uptime Robot. So thanks for all that you do. Perfect. Thanks very much. You bet. You can go ahead and hang up there, and Christian and I are going to hang out for a few minutes and answer some more questions. So thanks for coming on. Okay, thank you very much, and uh, right. have a great day. Have a good morning Thanks, and a good much. weekend. Thanks again. Okay, sure. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye now.
All right, let me see if I can queue up this call, Christian, while we are uh, um, yeah, up in the up in the right hand up in the right hand corner up there. There you go. <laughs> Have a good morning. Let's see if I can queue this up here. Let's see if I play it. If you guys can hear it. Let's see. No, I need to switch something over. Do I have to? Do I have to sing the waiting music on the? Podcast? No, talk a little. <laughs> give give the Christian overview of what we just saw there with Uptime Robot. Yeah, no, I mean this is cool. I um, I think this is great for actually someone like me, right? Who I just, you know, I didn't want to write my own solution to it. I wanted something from the outside that wasn't a network I had access to that was accessing. Um, the the systems that I'm monitoring just as if it were a regular user, and it really for the amount of for the amount of capability that this um, service has for free, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, the fact that they're offering all of this as a free service still, and that they're now, uh, you know, he said he's working on this full time, which I just find remarkable um, because you have to you have to have a lot of motivation and dedication to a project like that. And like I said, the API is really clean. The service just does what you want it to. It's uh, you know, like you said, it's really very clean, very straightforward. Um, any any average guy, this is like a, a, a plus one for ease of use and um, and and usefulness, right? So I, I just think that, you know, you look at what else is out there and you, you say, you know, for an average guy, do I want to pay 15 bucks a month to have Pingdom do th what they do or do I want Uptime Robot? And I was saying two, three years ago, hey, you guys should really look at this. And you're like, what are you talking about? And then, you know, uh, it's clear that they're doing well for themselves. And like I said, I think people think I'm a little crazy when I say this, but I'm telling you, Alexa.com is very revealing about how you're doing as a startup or as a presence on the Internet of some influence. And the fact that they're in that top index uh, spells good good news for the longevity of this project. Yeah. No, very cool. It's I, I check mine all the time. I get those emails. Like I said, whenever something goes down, I get an email and I kind of, you know, I kind of look at it. The ones that come in the middle of the morning, I just ignore. You know, they don't wake me up, so I don't I don't set them to wake me up. It's not critical. The average guy TV goes down in the middle of the night. I'm not waking up. I'm not going to wake you up for sure. You know, we're just not doing that. But um, it is kind of nice to see a summary of what's going on. We did have some issues. You know, last year at this time, we were struggling with the service provider, and everybody was frustrated because things kept going down, and it was really driving you nuts. And uh, and we knew all that. I mean, we knew it kind of, one, we were getting terrible service, and two, you were getting feedback in this way that things were not staying up all the time. And so since we moved the servers to Buffalo and uh, and got them running up, it's it's been pretty smooth. If you're um, if you're listening on Spreaker, I am going to shut off at this point to get the message going. Without uh, with some trickery, I need to shut off Spreaker. So I don't think we have too many Spreakers at this point. Spreaker listeners, and if you are listening and you're on a plane somewhere or something like that, come back and listen to the recorded version uh, and subscribe to it. So we'll see you, Spreaker. Let me shut them off here real quick, and then I need to switch over the. Um, let's make this the default. Let's. Disable this. I'm just hoping it's not too loud. So let's let's see if I can get a volume setting turned down here, and let's see if we can get Kyle in his question. Let's see if that plays. No, not yet. Well, that's frustrating. I haven't done this in a while, so I have to admit that um, 
I see it playing, but why can't I get it into... Oh, wait a minute. Let's... Wait, this is what I have to do. All right, hang tight. That is very loud. Kyle? No, not yet. Um, Christian, tell us... Um, uh, we just did a Cyber Frontiers on Monday. I haven't released it yet. It'll be coming out this weekend sometime. I just got busy uh, this weekend. Give us a quick update, uh, not necessarily what we did, what we talked about, but give us a quick school update. We haven't caught up on you. Sure. You're halfway through uh, the semester for the most part, I think, right? Have you done Have you done midterms already? Uh, we're in the middle of them, so uh, this is, as we would say, crunch time or yeah. just like curl up in a ball and cry. I mean, whatever you want. Um, for computer science students, that basically um, boils down to finding whatever your favorite snack is, hoarding it in massive quantities around your desk, and staying up till 2 a.m. going, hmm, and looking at things, and maybe you, maybe you turn your head sideways, and all of a sudden it looks very different than what it did when you were looking at it upright for two hours. But no, the semester's been going well. Uh, a lot of really cool, exciting things happening on campus. Um, the ACES program is continuing to grow and uh, make, make leaps and bounds in the community. Um, like you wouldn't believe. I mean, every everyone in the tri-state areas, uh, really, there's great visibility. And the ACES program has now been, you know, it's a model on the Capitol Hill, right? So when uh, congressmen are talking about how to promote cybersecurity education and, our, and address the uh, shortage of cybersecurity in the workforce uh, for government agencies, the ACES program has been coming up all the time. And so we're really starting to see that take off. Uh, we're getting ready to launch the ACES 2 program, which will be the uh, advanced technical track for um, the whole four years. So I'll be applying for my first uh, cybersecurity honor citation along with the rest of my fellow cohort um, in the spring. And, um, you know, that'll be one of two down, so that's really exciting. Uh, I've been spending a lot of my other time working on some research in cybersecurity um, under the Office of Naval Research is funding um, some of that work, and that has been very rewarding for me. It's opened up a lot of doors, and I've gotten some really cool insights into some of the technologies that I kind of um, repackage into stuff we talk about on Cyber Frontiers. So uh, that's that's been really great. Um, and more and more I find that actually the most enjoyable part of uh, the coursework for me is research. I mean, if I could if I could take a full 16-credit course uh, work of just pure research all the time, I would probably do it. Again, this is what we define as graduate school, so I guess that may or may not be an indicator of where I'm headed. Um, but, you know, I just... I really love doing things that are kind of out there, uh, but then drawing them back in and trying to make them uh, be meaningful to the real world. Um, so I like to think that somewhere there's a title of real world researcher in there, but what that actually means is probably uh, not not readily accepted in the academic community where, you know, it's much more on the theory side. But, uh, you know, that's all been great, and uh, having our new freshmen here has been awesome. Uh, we're up to 112 strong, so a pretty solid group of people. And... Um, you know, I've been continuing to work part-time for the Gallup organization, uh, doing my research with NSF part-time um, over at Mid-Atlantic Crossroads, and, uh, you know, I've have had great uh, success and opportunities in doing some of that work, and uh, it's, it's been a bit, pretty good ride, and uh, no complaints so far going into year two. All right. 
Good, good. It's always good to have you at Gallup, and uh, fun to work with you there, and doing some good, doing some good stuff uh, for us. So I always appreciate the work that you're doing there. It's fun to kind of just track you, you know, through the system, and and uh, you know, I've known you a lot of years now, and it's just kind of fun to to watch that all happen and sure. be a part of this community. So you know, Definitely. it's I'm glad you can make it on, and you know, we joked earlier in the podcast about you know, a host, no host, host again, uh, but we've you know, I made a shift starting last spring. I kind of made a shift with the show to kind of go after some smaller startup, uh, you know, in Gadget and The Verge. And, I mean, how often, how much can you talk about Windows, right? I mean, I, I like it. I love it. But, you know, okay, let's – and so we've had some really, really interesting – if you're new to the show and you haven't gone back, you should go back and listen to some of the back catalog. We've had some really interesting guests doing some things and uh, focusing on some things that – um, you're not going to hear in the mainstream. And so we've become yeah. kind of the anti-mainstream in a lot of ways, which is fun. I like that. You know I like to be kind of breaking and, the rules. And I mean, if you want my mainstream on Windows, I can give it to you in 30 seconds. There's still nothing that Microsoft has released since Windows 7 that somehow enhances my quality or productivity in what I do for a daily job. So Windows 7 Ultimate has been on my desktop since 2009. Uh, it's actually been the original. I've had that that upgraded from Windows Vista and moved to my new hardware. Uh, so I'm actually I've actually been on my original operating system since Vista came out, which was I think around mid 2007 when I did all that. So here I am seven years later on the same operating system, the same configuration. If anyone ever took it away from me, I'd be totally just devastated because uh, I've pretty much built my own little. Christian layer on top of Windows 7 and it's just like I'm going to be one of those XP guys the diehards for Windows 7 so yeah. uh, you know what do I think of Windows 8.1 yeah it's really cute it does all the same things but you notice with 8.1 uh, 9 which then just jumped to 10 and all that cute stuff it's all going back towards Microsoft getting you plugged into the cloud fixing up their leaks in Windows 8 and you know the technical preview, just stay far away from it. Um, the the privacy stuff on that is kind of creepy, to be honest, and it makes me uncomfortable. Um, so if you re if you really want to play with it, put it in a virtual box somewhere where it can just do its own thing, and then Microsoft can get as much data as they want. Yeah. Um, if or you load it on dedicated hardware, right? I mean, yeah, I just that's don't. That's what I've done. Dedicated hardware that I just kind of surf on. Yeah, I, I, I sit on the kitchen table. That's when I come home from work. I open up that laptop, I catch up on a few things, you know, do some who sweet little Facebook. Those are all in private anyway, so yeah. you know, just just do all that stuff. That's that's kinda where I've deployed it. I mean, I honestly hope that uh, you know by now people would figure out not upgrading your main workstation to a technical preview of any kind is probably not what you want to do. With not the smartest thing in the world, no. Um, no. Well, yeah. hey, Christian, let me stop you there. We are going to talk. I've got Rich Hay coming from Windows Observer next week. Uh, John Zadler will be back in. He was he joined us on Home Server Show. We're going to talk about that technical preview, so that's a good... If you're interested cool. in that, we're going to talk through it and give some updates. Christian, I fundamentally, I agree with you that it's really nothing new under the sun. Some tweaks, some this yeah, and I mean, that. But and it and I think Windows 10 will help the enterprise move on from Windows 7. It'll have to at some point. But yeah. um, and the enterprise wants to upgrade, right? They don't want to stay on the same operating system forever. So it will be one of those things. So next Thursday, if you're listening to this, this is October 16th, and uh, so next Thursday, October 23rd, 2014, Rich Hay 
from Windows Observer and John Zadler will be joining me here and we'll get hardcore Windows. We haven't done that in a while and honestly I need a show like that uh, about two or three times a year so I can keep my Windows MVP <laughs> status updated and uh, and make sure that works. Uh, and when you let well. Johnny Z loose on Windows, man, you got you to reel back in. <laughs> the, dude, the dude pulls out a Dremel. Alright, I think I got this so let's let's give it a try. Here we go. This is Kyle leaving a message for me. 402-478-8450. Let's see. Here we go. Oh, fail again. I don't know what I've done wrong. Uh, it used to, this used to work. <laughs> I don't know why... Uh... See, so what Jim's really trying to say is that if you call in more often, he'll have this ready to go because he'll have practiced enough times that it'll just be... I think I was supposed to plug a cable in. Yeah, well, that might help. Let me... Yeah, i got to plug it in. Let, let me it's see. All right, hold on. I'm getting an echo now, but that's me. All right, let's try it. Oh, there he is. Can you? Did you guys hear that? I don't hear it, but All right, hold on. Did you hear that? Nope. Nah. Shoot. Okay. Shame. I mean, I can always play back on my loudspeakers. Well, <laughs> I could hear the same thing. Phone fail. Kyle, we will get your message next week. Uh, as we go, I do want to encourage folks to call in. He's really the one that does it a lot. Four zero two four seven eight. 8450, if you want to call questions into the show, we try to get to those uh, those two. His, his question was basically this, I think. If you're So you're on your phone, and you're trying to watch Home Gadget Geeks, and you want that's all you've got, right? That's all you got is your phone. How do you do that, right? And so the easiest way to do that is uh, go in and go to the browser, uh, and if you want to do it on YouTube, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can watch it on YouTube, so get the YouTube started, and then flip over to the browser and use Chatwing. Or you can listen to it on Spreaker if you have a Spreaker app. I don't know if Windows Phone has a Spreaker app or not. Android and iPhone both do. Start the Spreaker app and then go back to the browser and go to the Chatwing. It's easiest to go to chatwing.com slash the average guy. I think that's the, the best way to go to Chatwing. And then you can have chat on there and be listening to it. So you can listen to it, then chat, and get both in one. Now the best way to do it is to view it on YouTube in one and then pick up your second device here and log into the chat room with this and then you can watch it and you can watch it and chat that's 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 why everybody needs to have two devices so Kyle I'm not sure if that was your question or not but that's how you get that done so it's it, it does work I've done it several times and uh, it's a good it's a good way to listen to the show I've actually done that uh, on the road pulled over and uh, got the chat got Spreaker going listen to a podcast we do it I did it for a Gallup podcast we use Spreaker got that done all right. Well, so, sorry, I could get, couldn't get that going. I think uh, we've got some fun stuff coming up over the next couple weeks. You're going to want to stay tuned. Again, we're doing some different stuff here. This is not your typical tech podcast show anymore. we got a lot of different stuff going on. I mentioned Rich Hay, Dave McCabe uh, coming up. i got a special guest. Um, uh, i got a special guest coming up on the 30th, and that will actually be the last podcast that I do. Chris Pallon is coming on. Chris is a new podcaster. Um, he, he does a podcast called Dadrenaline that's uh, really designed for a busy family, you know, for the guys who have busy families. So maybe that's a Dave McKay. But Chris will come on. He's a good guy. He's, he's, uh, he leans towards the Mac side, and that's okay. I'll forgive him for that. But Chris is going to come on. That's a Halloween night. We're leaving for Summit the next day, so I'll be out. Uh, that Thursday will be off when we're at the MVP Summit in all, in uh, in Redmond, Washington, on the Microsoft campus. John Greenaway is coming back. So if you remember John, he's in our 
and uh, and a good guy out of the Bay Area. And so John Greenaway and um, and Mike Weger. Mike's a podcaster, tech podcaster here in Omaha. He helped me start the Omaha Podcasters Group here in town. He'll be on. Ryan Parker is coming back the week before Thanksgiving to talk about food and turkey tech. How do you like that? Turkey tech. Everything you need to do to cook your turkey. Uh, coming up, that'll be fun. We Ryan was on here a couple months ago and then talked about immersion, uh, immersion cooking of your food, which I thought was very, very cool. Something again, you're not going to get on any of the tech podcasts, so that was kind of cool. And then we have some folks coming back. I've got Mike Howard coming back on the fourth, and uh, Ashton is actually going to join me. So Ashton, if you've seen Ashton on Cyber Frontiers, Ashton's coming back because he's a runner. And so we're going to bring him back on a fitness episode. You guys said you wanted fitness tech about once a quarter. So Ashton's going to come back. We'll probably get one more guest, and we're going to talk about all the fitness gear that's out for Christmas time. So it'll be a fun, it'll be a fun fitness tech um, gear. And then I'm that's it. I don't have anything else scheduled. So that's it. The podcast is over. December 18th, Christian, I'm done. Are we singing the outtake together then? <laughs> yes. No. All right. No. <laughs> all right. Oh, that's right. I need to pull that out. Yeah. We sang that, and, and I, I forgot to pull that out, didn't we? That was on the Cyber the Monday recording, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Wait, was it? Did we do it Monday? I know we, there was one outtake from Monday. We did, we got to grab, I don't, but yeah. we also did one on here, I think, a couple of weeks ago. So Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to go pull those. We also had um, Addy Saucedo last Thursday, and I got a home tech tip that I got to get out this weekend, too. So if you've been missing those home tech tip, tips, they are coming. Tech and, tips. Um, home tech, tech tips. Say that uh, five times fast. I'll remind you if you are uh, if you're a regular listener to the show, we'd love to have you join our uh, the uh, tech scholarship fund. Actually, had a big discussion today on Facebook on a podcasters group about this Amazon affiliate link. And man, there's a lot of misinformation about that that's out there. But for you guys, visit theaverageguy.tv/amazon. Use that. That money goes into a fund. Uh, by the way, I got money. If you want to buy something and test it, write about it or come on the show and talk about it. Um, that's all it takes. Uh, we're, we're doing that. We we gave uh, Ashton the scholarship of a mic and a, a boom arm. And so he's able to podcast uh, large with us uh, on Cyber Frontier. So that's what that does. I try, just try to give that money away or replace equipment here to make the podcast better. And uh, if you use the averageguy.tv slash Amazon, and now the new averageguy.tv slash Amazon CA. Only in Canada, right? You can't use that in the U.S. Only in Canada. Theaverageguy.tv slash Amazon CA for Canada. All the proceeds go to John Zadler so he can hack on equipment. And if you know Zadler, if you know what's going on around here, Zadler is a hacker. And uh, so if you're in Canada and you want to support a local Canadian doing some cool tech stuff, theaverageguy.tv slash Amazon. And uh, if you haven't signed up for the newsletter yet, go out and do that. About 40 of you have done that so far, and I get a couple every single week. I send you a newsletter once a month with all the links in it. Kind of what you need to know what's going on here in the community. If there's anything I need to communicate with you about and you're not on social media, that'd be the way to get it in the newsletter. And let's see. Anything else, Christian? Anything I'm missing? No, nah, it sounds like a wrap. All right. We'll call it we'll call it a wrap for this Thursday night. Don't forget we are live every other no, every Thursday night. Oh. <laughs> it's every other Monday night for he, Cyber Frontiers. He looked at me and then he put the Cyber Frontiers ending in it. See how that happened? That's right. That's every other <laughs> every other week we've got a solid schedule now. Every other Monday night for Cyber Frontiers. So and you can watch the schedule out at the average guy.tv. I've got a little widget in there that'll tell you when things are coming up. 
And then every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out at TheAverageGuy.tv. And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna insert my Twitter pitch because now we all know it's on. If you haven't followed me out at the WizBM yet, I don't know what you're doing because oh, we're coming up on the big a thousand and we're we're just well on our way to tweeting about great things. And I tweet a bit of different uh, content trajectory than what the uh, community around this podcast is normally into. But I do get relatively geek humor, so if you're into any of that. That Friday, I post something quality um, that's that I find humorous. Um, but if there's if there's any any small tidbit of um, content that you're interested in, uh, it's worth a follow. I'll try to make it entertaining for you. Feedback BM. Yep. Which stands for bias mods. <laughs> that's expired. Damn it. <laughs> and Christian's on a tear. He has grown that Twitter account, so he's trying to catch me. He's still got a ways to go, but. Uh, He's trying to catch me. Thanks to all. Hang around. If you're out there listening live, hang around. Again, you don't get the post show unless you stay around for the live show. And uh, Christian and I will make fun of each other uh, when we get into the post show. So thanks for coming out. Good night, everybody. Good night.